Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with my brother, Christian Lewis. Today, we're talking about songs of winter, songs about winter, and songs that are just bleak enough to make you feel like winter. You can learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, rate and review us on iTunes, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook for more info. Now, let's get to talking about winter. Welcome back to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Tonight we are doing Songs of Winter. Uh, Daylight Savings is crushing our souls again in the Northeast, and um, we are talking about wintertime songs as the holidays approach. Not necessarily Christmas music, uh, or not necessarily songs of this winter, but just songs that evoke a chill and bleak kind of uh, spirit. Uh, what were you thinking in terms of, uh, it's me and Christian this time, so uh, what are you thinking in terms of uh, winter songs at the moment? Well, so it started by taking this a couple different ways, I guess. I thought, you know, um, I mean, Frosty the Snowman was the first thing that came to mind, <laughs> obviously, but, uh, but you know, then I sort of started thinking a little bit more creatively. Um, and you know, I thought, well, maybe it would be uh, it would be a little too obvious to just start leading him with uh, with a bunch of songs about um, about Christmas time or or the dead of winter. Um, and I thought, you know, what what is to me like the most iconic lyric? Um, about, ice, ice, uh, baby. Well, so obviously it's Vanilla Ice, 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 Baby, yeah. Um, no, and then I realized it's got to be, I come from the land of the ice and snow, um, oh, yeah. where the midnight sun and the hot springs glow. So, um, so yeah, we're starting out with the immigrant. Oh, the gods. Yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome to sing. Um, it's like a, you know, roof-pounding tune. Um, it's hard to sing. Yeah, it's pretty pretty hard to sing. Also, one of the weirdest songs on that album, if not the weirdest song on that album, um, given that it's like basically a, a sort of old timey, you know, bluegrassy um, country album. It was sort of their uh, their, you know, I guess if to the extent that Zepp had like a an exile on Main Street kind of thing, it was their real, um, you know, their real sort of delve into American music. Uh, but of course, the album kicks off with a, you know. Uh, a drum kit rattling Viking song. So Norwegian stomp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Straight out of the fjords. I believe that was the uh, alt name of the album, actually, Straight Out of the Fjords. <laughs> um, yeah, that's they, actually where NWA got their inspiration for Straight Out of Compton, right? Yeah, I, I just—it's funny because there's, like I said, there's there's songs about winter. Um, you know, I sort of thought of a bunch, obviously. Uh, Things like Hazy Shade of Winter, you were talking about uh, from Simon and Garfunkel, later of the Bangles, um, that just name-check winter or name-check being cold. But actually, when I when we thought about doing this pod, I, I actually thought about the songs that just are frigid and distant. And the first thing I thought of was was Joy Division. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, th- things like, uh, you know, Ceremony and... Um, just the, the the lead tracks off of unknown pleasures they just chilly and sound like um you know sound like they're made for you know sort of uh driving your car into a frozen lake and shutting off the ignition and <laughs> letting it happen um 
No, it's true, and there's something kind of. I almost feel it's such a it's such a blank clean. I mean, the other the other aspect of winter, I think, you know, sort of imagery that always gets me is like it's such a blank, clean palette in a way. Um, it's sort of uh, you know, it's it's whether it's the whiteness of the snow or um, it just the just the way that that sort of really crisp like cold air feels when it drops below twenty. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just you, you can't really smell anything because it just it's so damn cold and you know it's that sort of thing it's like it really is sort of like a sensory um erasure effect uh so yeah i mean in that sense i think like the the sort of blankness or or um uh emotional void of something like joy division is pretty uh is 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 pretty good yeah i think of spare stuff and it's funny it's evocative of of a bunch of different things but one of the things that I mean, like, I think of Kate Bush as being winter music. I don't know why. Yeah, um, I don't know why either. <laughs> yeah, so now that now that we're getting into it, it's not exactly, like, something I can really put my finger on what it is that that feels... It, it's a feeling. It's, it's a... Like you said, it's an evocation of something, not necessarily a definition of something. There's Again, there's a handful of songs I can think of, and, you know, you're talking to somebody who put together a seven-hour... Uh, holiday Christmas uh, music list uh, a couple years ago that, <clears throat> you know, so I went really deep diving on it. But, you know, things like the Pogues uh, uh, Christmas to, um, and, and you know, things like White Winter Hymnal by the Fleet Foxes or, um, you know, Winter Song by Screaming Trees, which is a, a favorite of mine. You know, there, there are songs about winter, but then there's songs that Remind you of winter. winter, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think in that sense, I, I definitely had the um, uh, Michigan was um, on Bonnie Vare's uh, second album was was sort of the one I picked for this, just because I can imagine that guy sort of like wandering off into the distance in his snowshoes somewhere in northern Wisconsin. Um, yeah, and he, I think part of that's based on the story behind you know his actual recording process for the first one, right? Which was basically he sort of locked himself away in a cabin. So it does have that sort of uh, that solitude. Mythology, yeah. Yeah, but I mean also the, the sort of solitude of, of like a, a rural winter or something like that, I mm-hmm. think is, uh, yeah, is, is, a, is a very evocative image, so... I think it's anything bleak that I like. I mean, you know, the, like I said, it's sort of uh, Joy Divisions. And, and for whatever reason, I think of Galaxy 500 when I think of, um, you know, sort of uh, remote, you know, sort of distant kind of um, songs. I don't know why. I guess because there's a sparsity to the uh, instrumentation. It's not very heavy. It's, you know, sort of... And for whatever reason, uh, again, like the XX strikes me as that too. It's a, it's a emotionally void. Um, Would Depeche Mode fall into that category? I don't know. You know, I mean, I think of stuff like "Just Can't Get Enough," and that sounds like a party, you know, a party song from the Greek islands. Um, Violator, though. Maybe, maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, "Never Let Me Down" is a pretty good. Uh, version of that. Yeah, some well, of the you know it's actually an interesting album for this. I mean, I know we talk about it all the time, but Turn on the Bright Lights has that kind of feel yeah, to it. Very much. Um, it's got that. I mean, there is a sort of uh, it's it's really sort of minor scale heavy, um, and you know I think it it does sort of have a um, like a uh, yeah it's it's spare and sort of depressing basically, which is sort of how you feel when it's light seven hours a day. So. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I would think the entire, you know, sort of catalog of Scandinavian bands, and yet they, you know, they continue to put out ABBA and the Hives and... Um, yeah, because if the, you combined living there with this kind of music, you would absolutely hang yourself from the rafters. <laughs> like, there's no, you know, it's not like, uh, uh, there's no middle ground there. Um, that's why all the people who end up making, you know, making songs about Vikings are all, like, nerds from the Midwest. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> It's like, you know, so another one that I thought of, which I, a song that I really love, which is actually on an album called Age of Winters, I just realized, um, but the song Freya um, by The no, Sword. No, uh, yeah, Sword, like a stoner metal band. Um, no, which no, is no actually, I've actually seen The Sword. I don't think I've I ever listened to them on record. It was, uh, it was not that great. Um, the, um, the, the show was not great. They were having some sound trouble, but, um, but yeah, no, Freya's, uh, Freya's good. You know, it's got that kind of sludgy stoner metal stuff. Um, also the name of my, uh, of my former roommate's dog, which, uh, which scores at bonus points, which is a pretty cool name, I gotta is say. Is that Sword or Freya? Freya. Huh. <laughs> it's actually, it's Princess Freya is the full name, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, so, well, I'm glad you moved. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, when I think, like I said, I, actually, when you brought up Depeche Mode, that, that's actually a, a fairly, there's a, there's a piece of that in there, that, that moment when music turned from, I always consider, like, a real turning point in music in the 80s, like, a point at which um, conventional drums left and electronic drums came in. It's, it sort of signaled the, the you know, sort of uh, a chillier kind of... Um, Production and well, some, it sound. is immediately less soulful. By yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. You listen to like something like Gary Newman, the Two Way Army, uh, even on like Our Friends Electric or Cars, even, and they have real drums, and it makes a huge difference. But there's a huge difference between that, Depeche Mode, um, you know, and a lot of even you know stuff I love like the the, um, you know, it doesn't. It's all sort of programmed stuff, um, but. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in terms of the stuff that was kind of chilly and and but yeah, you know, there's a lot of even after Joy Division became New Order, uh, New Order has is a pretty you know distant remote um, band. Wire, I think. Was it's a, funny. I think the the speed and melody of that though really kind of like it doesn't quite it doesn't evoke remotely the same thing for me. I mean, I I you know I get Joy Division, but that's partly that's partly Ian Curtis's vocals, right? It's so. Um, uh, yeah, it's so it, it, hollowed. Um, but I mean, it, the, but I, you know, I think the guitar melodies, bass melodies, like that stuff is pretty vibrant and light in a lot of respects. Um, but I think it, it, you know, and this is this will speak, you know, again, you know, we're sort of uh, shining a light on on what is sort of uh, the the interesting thing about this podcast is is when I was listening to New Order a lot, uh, I was fourteen, fifteen years old. And it's a pretty shitty time of life. So, you know, my ver you know, your Interpol was my uh, power corruption and lies or low life. Um, it's true. Although we, I have to tell you, you know, you know this story, but um, it was a pretty powerful or, uh, uh, you know, experience for me when I when I first heard. Joy Division, which was sort of, I mean, not first heard them, but first really dove into them and gave them a listen. I was just out of college, and it was actually, like, you know, going through, uh, um, you know, sort of a rough time for, for various reasons and moving from one place to another kind of thing. Um, 
and a breakup involved in there and sort of got, uh, got, you know, dove really deep into this band and, and was reading a book about them. Um, and somehow something that truly never happens in the modern age, like I had managed to insulate myself from, uh, what actually happened and why the band changed. Um, so, it wasn't until I got to the end of this book that I discovered that Ian Curtis actually hanged himself, um, <laughs> which was like the biggest gut punch I could possibly imagine. I mean, it was really like I took it personally. I took a day off work after that. Um, really? I, yeah. No, it was. It was. Did you and, find a safe place? Oh, totally. Um, but no, I'm pretty sure I just watched Netflix all day. But um, <laughs> I mean, pretty much any excuse to. Um, but it was one of those things where like. It was it was made even stranger and more alienating or isolating by the fact that I didn't think I could admit this to anybody and uh, and I you know it was like I, you can't go out and say oh my god Ian Curtis died everybody's like yeah thirty years ago you know <laughs> exactly. like, how the hell did you not know this um, so no it was a really bizarre experience but like yeah I, I will say I kind of lived that one in real time or at least it felt like it no that's a, that's good I mean in, in a way that's good to experience something in the, in that way, I remember, you know... Uh, yeah, the internet is like one giant plot spoiler for uh, for historical... <laughs> for like, life? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's certainly for spoiler. doing like historical music research and that's, stuff, you that's, know? That's bizarre, though. I, that is really funny. I mean, I remember when Ian Curtis died and... and um, you yeah, know, it, it feels like it was yesterday. <laughs> it does not feel like it was yesterday, thank God. But uh, it did, you know, I mean, it was like a, it was a major deal. Um... But I don't think, I mean, I, I, you know, I was a early, it was funny. I, I mean, I, I was not a big Joy Division fan as a kid. I was a big Joy Division fan in high school, um, in college. But the thing was, it was Level Terrace Apart, I mean, which was a single they put out after. They put out both records, I believe. And that's, just, to me, still probably my favorite song of all time. Um, and it's, you know, it's a depressing as shit song. But that was the song that, that grabbed me. And that's what made me a Joy Division fan, but I think I was already a New Order fan at that point. Um, anyway, that's a, it's a trip down that uh, rabbit hole. Other winter songs, um, you know, I can think of. I, I really, you know, I, I think of there. There's like holiday music, which is November, December, and then there's just like that period from <clears throat> January to March that um, you know is always sort of a low level suicide watch for everybody um, who lives on <laughs> in the Northeast. Uh, I think you know um, when I think of that. Uh, you know, when I think of those kinds of that that period, though, I mean, I, when I think of bleak 
you know, emotional songs. I think a lot about country, too. I mean, I think a lot about Towns Van Zant songs or, um, you know, I, I listen to a lot of, you know, Grant Parsons or, um, you know, sort of, you know, that that's sort of the mood. Uh, I find that evocative of of that, era, you know, that time of year. Um, I can I, see what, that. What, yeah, I mean, I well, what about... Uh, what about Dylan? I mean, you know, we mentioned Bonnie Bear. Part of this for me is like sort of the, the knowledge of I guess where the artists are actually from, um, and so oh, yeah, Dylan. Dylan's from the North Pole. Well, and as I'm as I'm finally thinking about this, I'm shocked that I don't have more Canadian artists on here. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm shocked. I don't think I have any. Is that right? Yeah, I think it is. Um, so I'm I racking mean, my brain for. Well, I, I sort of wonder if there's this, uh, I mean, if, if, you know, music is so off, like, why would they, why would they sing about the snow? Is there anything <laughs> more, you know, commonplace and boring for them than, um, you know, than actually, uh, than actually singing about that thing that's stuck to their shoes and on the ground 12 months a year? Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure there's any Rush albums that, uh, <laughs> I don't think it, yeah I can't think of any Canadian um, you you ought to knows a pretty chilly song by Alanis Morissette but otherwise I um, yeah I, I guess I'm thinking when I do think of Can winter song love Alanis Morissette you keep bringing her up <laughs> I do um, I I uh, actually now that I think about it I mean it, it is funny like the the people who I think sing the the sort of most bleak material tend to be Southerners. Um, yeah, whereas you know, I'm thinking I'm, about, like, uh, whereas, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about um, uh, new pornographers or something like that, which couldn't be more cheerful. Sunny. And, yeah, well, exactly. We did, the, we did a Power Pop podcast earlier today. How did they come um, up? Oh, yeah, of course. Good. Um, yeah, Mass Romantic and, and all that stuff. They, but yeah, that's... You know, I think they. I think that is true. I think there's. You know, this. I mean, think about ABBA. Or it's sort uh, of. Uh, or it's this sort of electric. Like they have great sort of garage rock, which is high energy, and you know, um, I think that's sort of another one of those sort of defining, defining characteristics of a lot of Canadian music right now, particularly the stuff that I really like. I mean, you know, we oh, saw yeah, Japan droids and. Yeah, well, we saw Dilly Dally out and um, out of the Echo uh, yep. back in April, I guess, and. Um, well, single mothers out of like you know out of London, Ontario, um, yep. are, are another great sort of like really raucous sort of garage garage preoccupations. Band. Yep, yep. But actually, those guys have a sort of wintry feel to them. Yeah, although I guess I just you know uh, stream of you know stream of thought. I, I'm thinking the most bleak artist I think I've ever um, heard, and the most uh, you know one of the most emotionally taxing performers and, and singers you'll ever hear. Nick Cave, um, Australia. Uh, <laughs> Fifteen feet of pure white snow. Yeah, exactly. There you but go. But that—I mean—that guy is that guy is is you know when I you know when I think about Scandinavians being optimistic, I think you know uh, Nick Cave and and you know the man. What do you mean? Uh, when you well, think I mean, of he, when you you said like when you think of Scandinavians as being optimistic, you think of Nick Cave. No, I'm thinking Nick Cave is from a sunny part of the world, and oh, he's, he's about he's as the bleak as it that. gets. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that guy, you know. I mean, I, I, I love listening to Nick Cave, and he's a guy in winter. 
I will put on and uh, maybe not uh, taking the ferry to Nantucket, but maybe sitting in, yeah. in a, uh, you know, in a car idling when it's fucking freezing out, I'll throw on murder ballads. Um, and when I think of the mercy seat, I think of maybe the bleakest, harshest song that's to my, in my opinion, that's ever been written. Um, and every once in a while, uh, if if I'm feeling particularly morose, uh, particularly flying or something, I'll throw the mercy seat on and listen to it start to finish, and I'm just like, "Fuck, man, that's a horrible song." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. I um, I mean, I I get that get that feeling. He's he's actually going to be touring soon. He must be because he just came out with a new album, right? Yeah, and that new documentary, which I have not seen yet. Um, uh, I'm pretty the, psyched for I that. Saw 20,000 days which I really liked but I haven't seen the new one. We'll have to uh, uh we'll have to we'll have to loop back to that and talk about mm-hmm. it one of these days. Um so I I think But it is funny uh, like this time yeah. of year you you get um you know there it's a downshift in um you know in entertainment in general. I mean even like you know movie distribution if you think about it uh you get your you know you get your Oscar uh bait movies in the fall heading into winter tending to you know tending towards uh, the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas and those tend to be your more emotionally jarring you know uh, sobering movies um, and so it, you know it's funny you get the yeah, wham bam shit in the summer and then you get like the Manchester by the sea kind of stuff in the fall in yeah the winter. And so I guess that they you know there's sort of uh, well you have, you have more time to digest and process that stuff because you're sitting around inside the whole time um, I don't know, but it's a weird it's a weird thing. I mean, why evolutionarily is that so? Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, I think I think we could we could probably talk about just the the Oscar like voting calendar, and that would probably have yeah, a lot I to mean, do with it. It um, does, but it, you know, it, it's still now it's become. But it's know, a, just a yeah. No, it's, it's a, become it's a truism a, rather than a you know, a, a, you know, not even something you consider anymore. I mean, that you just don't even put out a, a movie that you have high expectations for or or might be, you know, arresting, um, in you know any time between January and October. I mean, I saw Moonlight not too long ago, which I think is a terrific movie, but I mean that's a movie that just that would never come out in April. Yeah. And so you, you do sort of start to associate seriousness, um, gravity, uh, you know, uh, a more introspective and more emotionally heavy uh, entertainment with with a colder season of the year. Yep. Um, well, to the to the point you made about sort of drabness. I mean, I think another one that that stuck out to me um, and. Partly this was sort of thinking about, uh, of course, Leonard Cohen dying this week. And, I mean, you know, that's, a, that's definitely Speaking sort of, of one, of the, uh, one of the more melancholy, um, you know, sort of, uh, sort of songwriters. But, yeah, I mean, I was, Nick Drake for me is another one of those um, mm-hmm. where, like, something like Pink Moon or Brighter Later is just, like, that stuff just drains me. Um, you know, and it's great. It is a great sort of mood setter, but it's you know it, it feels sort of perfect for those uh, for for you know the the blizzard week or something like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I I mean he's he's not. I, I I always think of Tom Waits a little bit that way too. Um, yeah, I guess that's a sort of 
instrumentation and um, well, his voice you know, also sort of, is just perfect for that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sounds like a, he kind of sounds like a, a snowplow on dry pavement. That is, yeah, <laughs> I think that's right. Um, uh, yeah, no, that's per- well. So, how else would you uh, how else would you think about winter songs then? I mean, I guess it's sort of it's so it's either we've I, I mean we're sort of doing this on the on the fly, but I mean I think it's it's sort of emotive or evocative in in one sense, or let's say emotive and evocative of a certain place or feeling is one thing. Uh, you know, I think you know there's a subject matter. You know, you've got your come from the land of the ice and snow bit, um, but you know I think it's more a sp- uh, spare. Uh, introspective, um, you know, Elliot Smith, I would think of as a winter song guy. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, he's our, he's our bridge from power pop to, uh, to winter songs. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess anybody... Where's the could, power pop in that? <laughs> he had some good power pop tunes. I mean, uh, or not power pop necessarily, but, um, you know, some good pop, you know, straight up pop songs. Um, but you know, people who, I guess it's a period. I guess winter is a time of uh, pale skin and self-loathing. Yeah, despair generally. <laughs> yeah, I hope nobody out there really likes winter. By the way, because we might be just taking a huge shit on it. So, yeah. Um. Drink a baby. Stay up all night with the things you could do. You won't, but you might. The potential you'll be that you'll never see. The promises you'll only make. Drink up with me now and forget all about the pressure. So well with that, I mean, I guess the 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 uh, the pale skin and self loathing um, brings us to pavement, uh, oh, yeah. which is <laughs> um, a sort of natural segue. But uh, you know, I, I think Summer Babe Winter Version, which is definitely the first pavement song I ever heard, and sort of without um, without actually really being able to um, uh, understand all of the lyrics, the first. 20 times I heard it or whatever. Um, I just sort of immediately thought like summer babe winter version is sort of the, the perfect, um, you know, description of somebody who is either energetic and, you know, bright and exciting, um, who is just like completely, you know, pent up and shut down. Um, and I'm lethargic, but yeah, yeah. Or alternatively, um, you know, so there's like the, the depression component of it, which could describe somebody like that. But it's also, I just thought, um, you know, if there's one thing you see all summer long, it's plenty of sort of skin. Um, and then all of a sudden you see that person dressed up in 85 layers and you don't realize, you know, like, um, it's, uh, maybe not quite the same, uh, quite, 
quite the same sort of lusty affair. I forget what uh, I think Simmons got from back in Bill Simmons from his Boston days refers to it as halter day or tank top day or something. It's like the first warm day in Boston <laughs> yeah. when, when people actually oh, oh, so take off July. Of, yeah, something like that. Um, it's usually somewhere in the in the middle of the Red Sox season. Um, yeah. Somewhere between the snowfalls, but yeah, they. Uh, it, it, it's it's funny. I don't think there is a um, a region that de- that sort of you know uh, put out a lot of winter music. I think it's more uh, a particular vibe, and I don't think it's you know. It, it's funny. I don't think it's a. Uh, I don't think it comes from necessarily. Um, although Leonard Cohen is Canadian. Um, oh yeah. Don't yeah, I don't think it's very. I don't think it's from you know people from chilly climates. I think it's, you know, it's it's. Um, I think it's really an individual thing, and it's it's an evocative thing, not necessarily a, a yeah. um, subject matter kind of thing. But hey, there you go. Well, I think that's uh, that's pretty much a wrap on this subject. Um, yeah. um, we'll have to we'll have to get Jeremy's uh, Jeremy's thoughts on this sometime soon too. Yeah, since he's going to be suffering through the winter in Massachusetts. That's right. This has gotten me really, really psyched. By the way, for uh, for the fr- frigid next four months that I'm going to spend in New York, um, exactly. At least I will have spare depressing music to listen to. Um, yeah, and through, I'm, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go book my flight back to LA right now. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, I'll All right, talk to you later. You. That's it for today's episode of the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and drop us a line at brotherpod.com. Thanks very much to Damien Kendall for producing, and from Wyndham, Jeremy, and Christian, see you next time.